This is the message from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, September 1st, 2013. Soul Detox, Lethal Language. Good morning, Connection Church. It is great to be with you this morning. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Before we get started, um, Kristen and Phil and Aubrey, it's great to have you back. They were part of our family for a long time, moved away, and you're back visiting. It's great to see you. Kristen's going to, she was part of the praise team, so can't wait to see you up here singing again at the end song. Andrew, you're all dressed up today in your dress blues. I know you've been away. Thank you for serving our country. Welcome home. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you. Thank you for blessings. Thank you for friends who have gone and come back. Thank you for those who serve our country, who have stood in the gap. Lord, we do pray for our country right now and what's going on um, far away. Lord, wisdom, wisdom, wisdom for our leaders. God, now settle us in that we might um, experience you in some way. It could be through a smile, a handshake, or through a touch by your Holy Spirit. But God, open us up. Open us up so that we could receive whatever it is that you want for us. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt you want something for every single one of us here. So help us receive you. And we give this time to you in Jesus' name. Everybody gathered said. Amen. Amen. So as we said in the video today and for the next three Sundays, we're going to look at some things that are toxic to our souls, things that are poisonous, possibly even deadly, in terms of who we are spiritually, in terms of who we are as children of God and followers of Jesus Christ. We're going to be looking at things that are killing us, maybe not on the outside, but in here at the core of our being, all the way down to our very souls. And so today we're going to look at toxic behavior that I think that all of us have experienced both on the receiving end and on the giving end. And that is toxic language or lethal language. Language that's poisonous. Language that hurts. Language that's deadly. Language that kills. Lethal language. Okay, so let's travel back in time. And for one of some of us, we're going to travel way back to the, uh, to the elementary school playground. And uh, somebody says something not very nice to you. And your immediate response is, sticks and stones may break my bones. Yeah. Now that was a defense mechanism, wasn't it? That really worked. Not. It sounded good, maybe it worked on paper, but uh, in true real life, nothing could be further from the truth, could it? Because if somebody says something really, really mean, really bad, really evil, really hurtful, it does hurt, doesn't it? 
Unless you have absolutely no emotion at all, no feeling at all, when somebody calls you a nasty name, when somebody says something unkind to you or about you, when somebody verbally attacks you, it hurts. It hurts, and that's just the truth. And the flip side's true as well. When you say something, when I say something that's not very nice, that's mean, that's evil towards somebody else, it hurts them as well. It's toxic, it's deadly. Not killing on the outside, but killing on the inside. Killing us softly. Killing us harshly, but killing us all the same. Lethal language is toxic. So there are a lot of places in Scripture, in the Holy Word of God, that talk about toxic language. We find that in the book of Psalms. We find that in the book of Proverbs, there's a lot of little special ditties that talk about toxic language, and also in the book of Isaiah. King David wrote the Psalms. There's a lot of Psalms. If you're ever up, read a Psalm. If you're ever down, read a Psalm. Psalms are great. It's in the middle of your Bible, the Psalms. Anyway, King David was a man who loved God, and God used him in a very, very powerful way. But there were a lot of people who wanted to attack David. They couldn't stand him. They were after him and his very life. They said unkind words. Unkind is really a very kind way of saying it. They were very horrible uh, to him and said things about him. I'd like to read Psalm 63. These are words that David wrote as he sought the Lord's shelter from this toxic language of his enemies. David said, hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked, from the plots of evildoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent. They shoot suddenly without fear. Now here's the thing, David was a battle-hardened veteran warrior. I mean, at the age of 10, or when he was a young man, maybe not 10, but when he was a young boy, he slew the giant Goliath as the king of Israel. One of his main duties was to be out there on the field of battle. He is battle-hardened, and yet this psalm shows how much the lethal language of others still hurts. And what we see here is David even using battle language, battle images, in this, uh, as he's talking about how lethal someone's language can be. He compares the tongue to a sharpened sword. He compares cruel words to arrows that pierce the skin, that are aimed, purposely aimed, to hurt, to injure, to emotionally kill the other person. They sharpen their tongues like swords and aim cruel words like deadly, catch that, deadly arrows. So these two images are quite interesting. Let's take the sword, first of all. We use swords for close hand well, I don't, but some people use swords for close hand-to-hand -hand combat to injure, ultimately to kill someone right in front of you. And don't we use our words up close and personal, just like a sword, face-to-face -to, -face, to hurt people around us, to slice people in two. Don't we use our tongues like a sword? On the other hand, David uses the image of an arrow, a deadly arrow, shot from a bow. Arrows do damage from a distance. 
many, many, many feet, hundreds of feet away, not when we're necessarily up close. We're reminded that we don't have to be right next to the person for our words to be lethal, for our words to be toxic. In fact, we can deliver in a, from a great distance, even beyond the hearing range, as David uses this shooting of an arrow image. We can say bad things about another when they can't even hear us, but others do, and therefore damage is done by our poisonous verbal arrows, even though we're out of verbal range of the one attacking. In our day and age, where David wouldn't even have dreamed of this, just think of the, the electronic means with which we have of shooting arrows around the world instantly. Verbal arrows, brutal arrows, killing arrows with our words that we text, that we, uh, <coughs> that we whatever Tweet. means you use. What? Tweet, Tweet. Facebook. Whatever, whatever means you might use. That's right. You know, King David was, as we said, very familiar with battle, real battle, real life and death battle, people getting hurt, people getting killed in battle. And these are very real then battle images that he is using when he compares what we say to swords and arrows that he experiences in combat. These are lethal images that he's using here. Images of someone who is using words, using language to not only hurt, possibly maim the other person, but to actually kill them with their words. Maybe you've dealt with somebody with a sharp tongue. Maybe you've had a sharp tongue with someone else. I know that I have. Sharp as a sword, sharp enough, as I said a moment ago, to slice someone in two verbally. And maybe there have been occasions when you've done that up close, person to person, or you've just shot your arrow. There's this, there's this bullseye that you've got, this well-aimed, toxic verbal arrow struck at long-distance bullseye. Bam! And you've got them, whether they know it, or not. Our words are toxic no matter what form they're in. The images uh, David shares in this psalm are from people who are very intentional, who are quite purposeful in their verbal assault. The lethal image, a lethal language that comes from them is by no means accidental. They're, they are carefully choosing words that hurt, words that wound, words that kill. David says that they sharpen their tongues and they aim their cruel words, implying that there's premeditation, that this isn't just something that's happening, that these are careful words, decided words. These are not people who come back and say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, they meant it. <laughs> they carefully selected it. Oh, it came out differently than I intended. No, it didn't. Um, there must be some misunderstanding. I understood perfectly what you were saying because you intended to use those words to kill me. There's no question here in this case, in this particular thing, David's talking about a, about a planned verbal attack. In the Bible, in the New Testament, there's an author, his name is James. James is kind of in this portion, this back of the Bible, and James, who wrote what, I, what we're going to read in a minute, was the brother of Jesus. He talked about using the tongue, and it's, it's very interesting. Who would have thought that talking about the tongue itself is in the Bible? Now, James says that the lethal language of the tongue is beyond 
our human control. <clears throat> that no human being can tame the tongue. Here's what James says. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. And so all kinds of wildlife and can be tamed by humankind, James says, but no creature, no human being can tame the tongue. It is restless evil. I mean, that's a pretty strong thing to say, wouldn't you think? A restless evil is our tongue, full of deadly poison, he says. And the language that we're using this morning, we're saying that the tongue is toxic and therefore lethal, deadly. According to James, the tongue is beyond our control. Interesting. The words that we say can be lethal, but also with the same tongue, we praise the Lord. We also curse those around us with our tongues. How can curses and praises or curses and blessings come from the same source? It's like fresh and salt water from the same spring. And here's the thing, our, our tongues are so untamed that at times we use lethal language without really even meaning to, contrary to the way uh, David's talking about a very designed and aimed attack, sometimes we say things very unintentionally. Um, a, example, I can't say, I would have no way of knowing the number of times that I've unintentionally said things to Carrie or my children that turned out to be uh, le uh, toxic, lethal, and uh, I certainly didn't intend for them to to, to be that way, but either the words or possibly the tone were such that they uh, uh, were injured by it. And how could I tell they were injured? Well, all I had to do was look at their face. Uh, all I had to do was kind of feel their spirit. Their spirit was like this, and then after what I said, it was like that. That's a closed spirit. You can feel that, can't you? I'm sure you felt that before. Maybe you know how it feels to cause that in another person. The other way I could tell is the temperature in the room either went down 20 degrees or went up 20 degrees. E either way, when you've got that kind of a fluctuation, you know that you hit a, a lethal bullseye with what you said even when you didn't say it. And I'm fortunate with Carrie, I'll, I'll say to her, I said, uh, wow, um, did I say something to child's name in there that... Well, and most times, yeah, duh. It doesn't take a, a genius here, Alan. I said, well, do I need to apologize? 
that would be a good idea, Alan, you know, or whatever. And now, since nobody's there with Carrie, I got to figure this out on my own, you know. It's not quite so easy, but I'm usually pretty good because there's a, you know, you can tell and got to It say, might be 50 degrees. Uh, it could be a lot more than that. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing that's interesting, too. We, we use language like uh, what you said dishonored me. And when you say that, I know that those words were... What's interesting, though, is we often dishonor in front of other... That's the best way to get somebody shut down is do it in front of other people. But we usually apologize when it's just us. Isn't that strange? Uh, you might want to encourage you to offer to apologize in front of those that you dishonored in front of so that they get the, the public deal there. But, you know, those are unintentional, and yet they happen, and they shut down. And the, my prayer is that, that they are still able to open back up, because sometimes we can shut them down almost permanently if we're not careful. Our tongues, our words have power. They have incredible power. They have the power to emotionally shut down another person, to virtually kill a relationship, at least for the moment, possibly longer. But here's the thing. Our tongues not only have the power to kill, they also have the power to heal. Our tongues not only have the power to attack, but they have the power to soothe. Our tongues not only have the power to shred, but they have the power to mend. As Scripture shows us, our words have the power to be toxic, to be lethal, but our words can also be life-giving. Say that word, life-giving. Life-giving, life absolutely. James says that we are unable to tame our tongues. That is true. But through God, Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's how our tongues get tamed, because we ask for help. We say, I can't stop my mouth going. I cannot tame my tongue. God, you can do it. Do it. Do it. Shut my mouth. I can't tell you how many times I've said, shut my mouth. It's true. Don't let me talk. Give me lockjaw. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, it is, in fact, true that our words can be life-giving, not lethal. Life-giving words. That, as followers of Jesus, that's what our words should be. Amen? In John 10.10, Jesus says that he came to give us life, to bring us life, and to bring it to the fullest. I love that scripture. Give us life and give it to the fullest. And so, therefore, what kind of words is Jesus going to share? He's going to share life-giving words. You read through the Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is life-giving. His words, they're not lethal. They're healing, not hurting. They're good, not evil. And so as followers of Jesus, our words need to be the same, words that give life, words that heal, words that are good and bring good. So every day, every hour of every day, every minute of every day, every second of every day, we have a choice. We can choose to follow what Jesus tells us, or we can go in a different direction, the wrong direction, actually, and especially true when it's regarding our tongue, our language. We live in a world where, in many days, the language that is lethal, nobody even notices, 
Nobody even cares. But as followers of Jesus, we have a choice. We should not use those kinds of language, words, that tear down. Here's why. Lethal language is sin. Let that sink in for a minute. Lethal language is sin. When we use our words to tear somebody down, to break somebody down, we're sinning against God. When we use our words to say things, you know, whether we're swearing or whether we're gossiping or whatever it is, that's sinning against God. And so why would we want to do that? Why would we want to do that? So our words need to be life-giving. When we use lethal language, it separates us from God in the life that he wants for us. And so as followers of Jesus, we have a choice. We can pray to the Holy Spirit to tame our tongue and use the words that Christ would want us to use. And so as Carrie says, those words are sin. Sin against God, sin against others. They separate us. And so it was just there reminds us, as James does, that we can't help it. We are sinners. That is our nature. We are fallen creatures. We are sinners. Romans uh, 3.23, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone, no exceptions, each and every one. If we did not allow sinners into this church, it would be a very, very empty place. Then we jump up three chapters. I love it. It's 3.23, and then we jump up to 6.23. It tells us that the consequence of sin is death. I'm not talking about physical death of the body, but death of the soul. We're talking about permanent separation from God. And I don't care how close or far you are from God, can you imagine being forever separated from God, never having contact with God? That's what the death is. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation. And the thing is, our sin is so great that there is no way we can do anything to, to offset that. There, this Labor Day week, and I think of the big tote board, Jerry Lewis's tote board. Remember that on the whatever-a-thon it was? There's no big tote board in the sky where you can get enough points to offset your sin and get the big entry through the pearly gates. There, there's no tote board like that. We, we can't do it. We can't get enough, and we can't. But Jesus can, and Jesus did. In other words, it's not about what we do, but it's about what Jesus already has done. He paid the price for the sin with his perfect life, unlike our sinful lives. And because he died on a cross, you and I get to live with him through eternity. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that wild? He died. He paid the price. He was beaten and crucified so that you and I get the benefit. That's the wildest thing you've ever heard. The most unselfish thing going. And yet that's how it works. And there's nothing we can do on our own to make that happen. It's only through that price that he paid we get to live with him through eternity. Now, there's two things, though. First, he died for us, and he offers us this saving grace, free gift, no charge. Here it is. A problem is many of us keep saying no to the offer. Think about that. We're offered eternal salvation, and we keep saying no. Maybe you're sitting there today going, yeah, yeah, I'm saying no. You got, I'm going to put it to you right now. 
Why do you keep saying no? It doesn't make sense. It's goofy. It's time to say yes to a relationship with Jesus. Say yes to accepting him and his saving grace. To say yes as we recognize that we are sinners in need of a Savior. We can't save ourselves. And Jesus is the one who can save us from our sin. All we have to say is, here I am, Lord, take me. So when we've done that, the next thing is that we need to live our life as a thank you note. We need to be imitators of Christ, to model after Jesus. That doesn't mean that we're the second coming of Christ. That means that we love Jesus and we're in submission or we humbly follow our leader by trying to imitate who Jesus is. And today we're talking about our words. You know, all that Jesus did for us, we have Christ's power that flows in and through us to use life-giving words, not lethal language. Jesus spoke life-giving words into us, into us, and into all of everybody in this place, everybody on the planet. Jesus just wants to speak life-giving words so that we can live a life that's full of joy even in the midst of tough times, to know that uh, through our faith and through our walk that our foundation is firm. So... Through Christ, we can tame our tongue and not hurt others. And so we're going to close this morning with Holy Communion. It's where you take the bread, take juice. When you take those, we encourage you to pray. Pray at the steps, pray at the seat, pray back in the prayer corner. First of all, if you've never invited Jesus into your life, if you never stopped saying no, how about today is the day? We just sang it. Today is the day. Today is the day. Stop saying no and say yes. No reason to put it off any longer. It's an easy prayer. Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I can't save myself. Please be a part of my life. Please save me. If you want somebody to pray with you, hi, Laurie. Laurie <laughs> just sat down in the prayer corner. She's just waiting to talk you through it. She'd so is that. Esther. She's and running Esther over too. there. Amen. The other prayer that we encourage everybody in this place, and this is like a really uh, important message for me too, is to seek God's help in our lethal language. Ask God if there are any areas in our lives, any way that we've offended somebody with our words. I am so sorry that I've offended people in this room. I really am with my words but to ask God for help in that, to repent, to turn away from that behavior that we have, that sin, and turn toward God. Ask God that your words may be life-giving as you receive that communion, as you take that bread and put it on your tongue. Let that be a reminder that we have Christ to help us so that we don't have to have lethal language, but we can have life giving words. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers.